Well, good evening, Family Church. Long time no see. Hope you've all had a lovely Easter break so far. Enjoying Easter. What a fantastic time of year, isn't it? Best, best time of year, Easter. I love it. Absolutely love it. Sandy's giving me the thumbs up. Sounds like we're online. Praise God. We talk about miracles today. <laughs> and we're online. Come on. <laughs> cool. So if you've all got your Bibles with you, have a, pe uh, a pen and a piece of paper, something to, to uh, wet your throat with as well. And um, let's get cracking. So we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about the believer's toolbox. And we're looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 11. We've been over them week after week with Sandy. What are the gifts of the Spirit? And so let's just go into the quickly. We won't take long, but let's just go through it again. Because this is the Word of God. And it says that the manifestation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. And Sandy's laid such a good foundation on that, that the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit are given for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, <clears throat> to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, another discerning the Spirit's, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So, Sandy's done a brilliant job up until now of, of going through the, 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 the uh, six of the nine gifts so far. And as she was explaining to you, the gifts are, are broken up into, into three categories, three core areas. And we looked at uh, the first three, which are the we call the revelation gifts, the, the gifts that reveal something, right? The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Then we looked at the gifts that, uh, the inspirational gifts, um, the, the utterance gifts that say something, uh, the gift of prophecy, the different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. I'm looking to Sandy and say, I got that right, didn't I? Sure, praise God. That would be awkward otherwise, hey? And we have the, the power gifts. And tonight we're going to start on the power gifts. To be honest with you, uh, we're only going to do two of the three tonight. But the three power gifts are the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the gift, the working rather, of miracles. Now these are three gifts that do something. So you've got three gifts that reveal, three gifts that, 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 that utter or inspire, and you've got three gifts that do the power gifts. And we're going to get into those tonight. So, first things first though, all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural. We're, we're not talking about natural giftings, okay? It is supernatural. Everyone, a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of God. It is also true to say, of course, that everything that God does is, in a sense, supernatural. God is, is a spirit. We are natural. And every time God is interacting with us, it is supernatural. It's not always spectacular, but it is a supernatural thing. So everything that God does in our lives is to be is supernatural. The, the, the normal Christian life should be earmarked, it should be identified, it should be almost saturated in the supernatural. And I'm not talking, like I said, I'm not talking about the spectacular. 
I'm certainly not talking about the spooky or the mystical. I'm talking about the biblical, the biblical spectacular. We, we, we should be authenticated and identified by the supernatural working of God through our lives. And what do I mean by that? I mean, well, Romans 8, 14 says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that word sons of God are the huios. Uh, the, the, the probably pronounced it all wrong. H-U-I-O-S, I think it was. Huios. But it means the mature sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. That is a supernatural, that is a supernatural occurrence right there. You know, God says in, in Psalm 32, Don't be like the horse of the mule which have no understanding. He said, But I will guide you with my eye. This is God's desire. God wants to lead you, Christian. He wants to guide you through the challenges, through the twists and turns of life. He's there for you to lead you and guide you. That is a supernatural leading. And, and it's from the inside out. It's, it's, that, it's that inward witness, we call it. That, that what do you, what's in your inside? What, what's in your heart to do? What, which way is God leading you? That witness, what do you believe? Yeah, that sense of the prompting of the way the, the Holy Spirit's taking you. And you take a step of faith. And, and that's how you follow the Spirit of God. And it ought to be, and ought to become more and more, a way of life for us, the supernatural life in the spirit. So that is for the, your personal, uh, normal Christian life, if we can call it like that. The supernatural gifts that we're looking at here in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, however, are distributed at the will of God and they're not exercised as a lifestyle. This is something that God, that God imparts on a believer for a certain uh, occurrence, to, to do something, to accomplish a specific task. Cool. So there's a difference. I just want to establish that, that everything that God does with is supernatural, and the gifts are supernatural gifts we're looking at, not natural gifts. Cool. We all together. Good stuff. So tonight, I'm only, like I say, I'm only going to get into to two of the three uh, power gifts, as we call them. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to look at the gift of faith and the working of miracles. And we'll leave the gift of healings to, to next week rather than rushing through and getting too much. Um, I'd rather have less tonight and, and we'll, we'll just go through it slowly. I, I prefer that. So 1 Corinthians 12, 9, the Bible says that to another is given by the same Spirit, is given faith by the same Spirit. The Amplified Bible describes that as wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit. So, the gift of faith is also called special faith. And I think I want, we, we need to start by establishing that this special faith is not the same. This is a gift of faith. It is not the same as your personal faith that you live by. You know, we, what we don't want is to, is to um, mislead people to think that, that God will give you faith if he thinks you need faith. No, God has already given to every believer, the Bible says, the measure of faith. And in fact, but this is your personal faith now, okay? So there's two types of faith on the go here that we're looking at and we're contrasting. One is a personal faith. It's a saving faith. That, 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 that Ephesians 2.8 says that by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The, the, the faith that got you saved in the first instance was also a gift of God. 
But it's the kind of faith, it's your personal faith that has come to you by Romans 10, 17, 10, 17 I should say, says, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in other words, what happened when you heard the word of your salvation, when you heard the good news of Jesus Christ, this Easter message or whatever it was, that, that Jesus had paid the price for your sins and that you could be forgiven and you and get a brand new clean slate and start all over and live in the grace of God. When the moment you heard that and that faith came, you believed in the grace of God, that faith came and that's, the Bible tells us it was a gift of God. You chose to believe it and he, the moment you did that, he gave you the faith and you stepped into that. And that is your personal faith now. And the Bible says that that personal faith that you have, you ought not to live by it. The Bible says that as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive him? By grace, through faith. So you live by grace, through faith. The Bible says over and over, and we, we, we've done teachings on faith, but just, just, just for re-emphasis, Habakkuk. Uh, Romans, Galatians, Hebrews. What do they all say? That one scripture they all repeat. They shout out over and over again. The just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. So you and I are supposed to have a faith, a personal faith that we can exercise and live by. Paul said we, live, we walk by faith and not by sight, didn't he? And if you look at the Gospels, even the disciples, uh, at, a, at a couple in the couple of the Gospels, you'll, you'll see they say to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And, and what does he say to them? He says, listen, if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain or you will say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea. If you've got faith as a mustard seed, what does a mustard seed do? It grows. It becomes a mustard tree, Right. So if you've got the smallest amount of faith, no matter how small that initial faith that you have, that you got saved by, you can exercise that as your personal faith. But the special faith we're talking about from 1 Corinthians 12 is not this kind of faith. You have your own personal faith. So I just wanted to clarify, we are not waiting for God to come and give us faith. He already has, okay? We're talking about the gift of faith for a special event or a special occurrence, okay? And that's what we're going to be digging into tonight. Cool. So, please note, first of all, that all of the gifts of the Spirit operate by faith. But that, again, is your personal faith. It's not the, 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 the gift of faith. It's not a special faith. You don't wait for a special faith to come upon you before you believe God. You have an unction, a, a witness on the inside of you that God wants you to, to just to, to share a word with somebody. You've got to, you feel that there's a, something that, that's probably a, a, could be a prophetic utterance. You want to encourage a brother and sister. You think this is of God. And you've got that witness on the inside of you. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's just... It's just what you sense. It's an unction. It's a, it's a prompting. And, and you, you, you have that moment. You believe it. It's a witness. It's faith. It's your faith. You step forward in that, right? You're not waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall upon you. He's already in you, Christian. So we're looking at the gift of faith. Um, and um, of all the three power gifts, the gift of faith is probably the most powerful of all three. Because if you have the gift of faith, operating in your life and for a given task if the, if the spirit of god rises up and upon you with the with the gift and anoint you with the gift of, of of faith 
you will have miracles working through that. You will see healings working through that. So in that sense, the gift of faith is probably the greatest of all the power gifts. Tonight, I just want to go to the next step. I want to compare the gift of faith, compare it and contrast it with the, the, the gift of the working of miracles. And I'm just going to take a sip of water. The gift of the working of miracles. So, the gift of faith, first of all, to say the gift of faith is distinct from the working of miracles, although both produce miracles. So, the gift of faith, that special faith, and the working of miracles both produce the same result. They both produce miracles. So, they're similar in outcome, but the, the difference is this. One is active and the other is passive. The working of miracles actively works a miracle. The gift of faith actively, uh, sorry, uh, passively rather, <laughs> receives a miracle. One gives, the other receives the miracle. The gift of faith receives the miracle. The working of miracles is given that one might work a miracle. So one, one gift does something and the other gift receives something. I hope that's was that clear? Did I say that clear? Sandy's giving me the thumbs up. I hope so. She's not just being good. So the gift of faith. So what does the gift of faith look like? One of the best examples, I, I, I think, is, is probably found in, in Daniel. We'll, we'll look at a few. One of the best examples of the, of the gift of faith working was in the life of Daniel. Do you know what? I can't wait to get to heaven one day. We're going to bump into all these guys, you know. Daniel, the Bible said, was a man of excellence. He had, a, he had an excellent spirit. And, and we're going to look at Paul just now and Elijah. I can't wait to meet these guys who did such great things for God. Now, here we have Daniel, right? In Daniel chapter 6. Go and read it out in your own time. And, and the background to this was that uh, Daniel, they're in exile. And, and um, the king has, has been conned, actually, into, into signing this decree that says that nobody may pray to anybody, to any God other than him, for a period of, I think it was, 30 days. Daniel is a man of integrity. Daniel is a man of, 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 of conviction. So what does he do? He goes home and three times a day he opens up his windows and he kneels and he prays before his God three times a day. So of course he gets caught and long story short, um, that they, they throw him into the lion's den. Now the king really liked Daniel. He knew that Daniel was a good man, that, that, that Daniel was a, a man with, a, with an excellent spirit. And it grieved the king to do this. But because he had signed this edict, he was forced to, to go ahead with the punishment. Anyway, the king, long story short, like I say, the king stays up all night. He's fasting and praying for Daniel. And the next morning he goes to the, he goes to the, the den there and he calls Daniel, Daniel, my son, are you still alive? And Daniel says, yes, it's all well with me, king. I'm, I'm okay. The, the lions haven't eaten me. The lions haven't eaten them. And it says in Daniel 6 verse 23, it says, now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no injury whatever was found in him because he believed in his God. Because he believed in his God. I, I believe. It doesn't say there that this was a, a, the, the, the gift of, of, of faith. But I believe this was a supernatural faith that came upon David. This was a, this was a special faith that God bestowed upon Daniel to sleep through with peace and calm in the lion's den 
<laughs> I mean, come on. This wasn't just ordinary faith. This wasn't the kind of faith that you just exercise to grow by. This was a supernatural faith. And you know, God's gifts aren't earned in a sense. We don't earn God's gifts. Uh, God, God will use whomsoever he chooses for in, in his wisdom and knowledge, right? And yet, and yet, the people that he typically chooses are those who are committed to him, whose lives are consecrated to him, like Daniel. This man's life was consecrated to God. Um, and we'll see later as well that, that typically God will use the, 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 the gifts in the, in, the, in the evangelist, in the office of the evangelist, and, and people whose lives are committed to God. And I know I'm jumping right off scripture, but I want to say to you, church, let's all be like Daniel. Let us consecrate our lives to God. Let us see this kind of, this kind of a life of conviction lived out where, where God can, can pour out His Spirit on us that we can do great exploits for Him. Come on, what's holding us back? What's holding us back? So, this, this faith of David's, of Daniel's rather, wasn't active, but rather it was passive. It was a passive, he received it. It was a passive thing. It is something he received. And yet, it was a miracle. It was a deliverance. The, the, the angels shut the mouths of those lions, and he was delivered. It was a miracle. New Testament then. Plenty of examples we could go to. What about the Apostle Paul when, when, when they shipwrecked and they're on the island of, of Malta? It's raining. They've, they've survived this terrible shipwreck. They've all clung to planks of wood and what have you. They've made it to dry land. And they're building this, this, this fire. And, um, and as, they, as, as, as Paul is, is, is getting wood to stoke the fire, a viper comes out and attaches itself to his hand and bites his hand. And all the locals are looking on and thinking, wow, this guy, he must have been a really bad guy. Because even though he's survived the shipwreck and the storms, yet the gods have judged him. He's not going to escape judgment. He's, he's getting his now. What does Paul do? He doesn't lay hands on it. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't receive a gift of miracles. He shakes the thing off into the fire and he keeps going. He keeps going. He just shakes it off into the fire and keeps on going. This, I believe, is another uh, uh, supernatural faith. This is the gift of faith in Paul. You see, Paul knew that he was going up to, to, to Rome. He was going to appear before Caesar. And I believe he just knew this is what God has got for me. And the Spirit of God just rose up on the inside of him and said, here's the faith you need to get through this, my son. Come on. And the Spirit of faith. And he just shakes that viper off into the flames and keeps on going. Come on, we do need to do some of that ourselves. Keep on going. One of the, one of the points I'd like to make about the, the gift of faith is that Unlike um, the working of miracles or, or receiving healing, they, they are typically, it's, it's, it's a moment in time, whap, something happens, right? But with the gift of faith, there's a, there's a period. I mean, Daniel, for example, uh, Daniel's in the lion's den all night. <laughs> that gift, that gift the, 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 the gift of the Spirit is upon him all night for the duration. Um, Paul, while he's walking around, they're, they're, they're watching him, waiting for him to, to puff up and to die. He doesn't. The gift of faith is an operation. And the last example I want to give you, actually, is two examples from the same person. And I've got to give them both to you because they're just so fantastic. And, and, and it's that prophet Elijah from the Old Testament. And you know, the amazing thing about Elijah, the thing I love about Elijah, he's a prophet, right? But what do we know him best for? His faith. 
the faith of Elijah. And yet, the man is a prophet. He's operating in the office of an Old Testament prophet. But man, this guy had faith. And, and I think a lot of the time it's the spirit of faith. And I'll, and I'll prove that to you now. So, 1 Kings 18. Have a look at it. Go and read it. One, in fact, 18 and 19. Oh, come on. What uplifting passages in the Bible. Elijah. Elijah, this, this mighty man of God, the servant of God, right? Now, in 1 Kings 18, we see the account, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you the, this one briefly so that we don't spend too much time just reading scripture. I don't want to bore you. But, but Elijah, right, um, he's, he's, he's living in the time of, of Jezebel, and Jezebel has wiped out all but 50, I think it was, of the prophets of God. And she's raised up all these false prophets of Baal, Jezebel's false prophets that she's raised up. And, and it comes to a day where in First uh, Kings 18, um, that, that Elijah challenges these, these, these false prophets of Baal. He says, you guys say that your God is God. Well, I'm telling you, my God is God. So what we're going to do is this. I challenge you. Let's prove whose God is God, right? And so they all go off to Mount Carmel. And he says to them, what we're going to do, let's build an altar and we'll sacrifice a bull and put your, you, you build your altar and you, you, you set up the wood and, and you sacrifice your bull and you call upon your God. You don't light the fire. You call upon your God and I'll do the same. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And the, the 450 prophets of Baal say, this sounds good to us. We'll do it. We are going first. Elijah says, go for it, my China. So they all go for it. And there they go. And they set up their altar. And they, they're dancing around all day. And they're crying out to their God. And the Bible says they're cutting themselves with knives, letting blood as was their custom. And they're crying to their God. And about noonday, Elijah starts to mock them. <laughs> I love the faith. If this is not the spirit of faith, I don't know. He's waiting for his turn. And he is mocking them. He is laughing at them. And he says, come on, shout louder. He can't hear you. Maybe he's gone to the toilet. He can't hear you. Literally, that is what he says if you read the, the translation. He can't hear you. Maybe he's gone off somewhere. He can't hear you. Cry louder. Eventually they give up. He says, okay, step aside, boys. Let me show you how it's done. And the Bible says that he goes and he rebuilds the altar of the Lord. And I, and I think there's a whole message on that, but we haven't got time for it today. That, that, the, 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 that Jezebel and the false prophets had torn down all the altars of the Lord. And, and, and um, Elijah, he goes and he, and he repairs the altar of the Lord. And he prepares the sacrifice on it. And then he digs this deep trench around. He says, okay, come, fill the trench with water. Douse the offering with water. And they douse it. He says, okay, douse it again. And they douse it. He says, okay, a third time, douse it some more. Make it saturate, wet this thing. And then he calls on the name of his God. He says, Lord God, answer the fire. And God answers that thing with fire. The, 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 um, the sacrifice is consumed in fire. The water is just evaporated. And the people fall on their face and they say, the Lord, he is God. And they take the 450 prophets of Baal and they take them and they slaughter them, each and every one. That was a bloody day, I tell you what. They killed all those prophets, 450 of these false prophets of Jezebel's. What an act of, of, of the, the spirit of faith upon this guy to wait for that period of time without flinching, being able to laugh in the face of adversary and, and, and then to step forward and to douse that thing and to call upon the, his God. And to see that come to pass. That, 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 is, that is not a working of a miracle. That, that is the spirit of faith with, with, with an answer of a miracle happening. Mm.
So, uh, fast forward now of a couple of verses only. They've just done all this. And the, 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 final, the final example, but I'm, going to, I'm sorry, I'm just going to do this because I, I know we're running out of time, but I love this so much. I've got to do it. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 18 verse 42. Now, you know the background, Elijah had prayed uh, for there to be a drought in the land. And there'd been a drought for three and a half years. And this is why Jezebel and, and the king and them hated him, right? And, and so, but now the time comes for the rain to return. And, and Elijah goes to the top of Mount Carmel, it says, at verse 42 of uh, 1 Kings 18. And it says, and he bows to the ground and, uh, and he put his face between his knees. And he says to his servant, go up now and go and look towards the sea. And the servant goes up and he comes back and he says, nothing to see. And he says, no, go again. And he comes back, nothing. Come, he says, no, go again. Seven times the servant comes back and says, nothing to report, boss. And he says, go again. And finally the servant comes back and he says, there's nothing there, but I do see a cloud about the size of a man's fist. Elijah says, that's it. Ahab, go and get your new chariot. Best you get back up now before the rains stop you. And it says that um, in verse uh, 45, now it, now it happened that in the meantime, the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a, a heavy rain. The, 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 the rains returned. There was a downpour like they haven't seen in three and a half years. The gift of faith and operation through the prophet Elijah. Fantastic stuff. And, and, and read that. Read First, First Kings um, 18 and verse 19. M amazing, amazing stuff. And you know, the Bible, the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, is written for our instruction, for our admonition, for our instruction. So, so read it as good stuff. Cool. So I'll have a sip of water and we're going to look at the, the working of miracles. So, 1 Corinthians 12, 10 says, To another is given the working of miracles. So a miracle could, could be as quite loosely described, I suppose, as a, super a super <laughs> supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. A supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Now, so for example, receiving healing by supernatural means is a miracle. But the, the, what we're looking at here is the gift of the working of miracles, okay? So just to be clear, that the Bible doesn't say that to one is given miracles, the gift of miracles. No, it's the working of miracles. And we see this in, 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 in John 2, when, when Jesus turns uh, the water into, into wine by speaking, just by speaking a word, by giving a command. Now, water turning into, water would eventually turn into wine if you added grapes to it and sugar and whatever, and you t gave it time to ferment. If, if you condense that time to, a, to an instantaneous uh, moment without, without the, the time for the aging process, etc., that would be considered a miracle because the natural course of events had been, had been reduced, you know, overridden basically, right? But that, that would be the miracle. And what we see is Jesus with the working of miracles. Jesus gives the command, Jesus gives the instructions, and the miracle occurs. This is Jesus, our Savior, our Master, operating anointed of the Holy Spirit. Remember Philippians 2, 5 says that, that, that he, he be, he, although God, and remember Jesus was God, he is God, always was God, but he emptied himself of his deity, of his power, and he became one of us, anointed of the Holy Spirit. And so here Jesus is anointed of the Holy Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus operating in 
the working of miracles. It's amazing. It's fantastic stuff. So let's have a look at a couple of examples. 2 Kings 4 verses 1 to 7. The, 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 the story of the widow. And remember the widow, she's got no, she's got no, um, she's running out of money. She hasn't got means to, to feed her sons. And um, the, the prophet comes to her and she, he says, what can I do for you? And she says, oh, we're about to die. We've, we've run out of money. And he says, okay, go, what have you got? What have you got? And there's that whole message in there. What have you got in your hand? God can use it. But he says to her, what do you have? And she says, well, I've got a small amount of oil. So he says, okay, get as many jars as you can and pour the oil into those jars. And as she does that, she goes and collects some jars from her neighbors. And as she pours the oil from, the, from her jar into those jars, um, it continues to run. That oil continues to flow. And she fills up all of those jars until eventually she says to her son, um, bring another jar. And he says, we've got no more. And at that stage, the, 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 the supply runs dry. And um, so she comes to the man of God and um, she says to him, that's it, you know, that the, the, um, she comes and tells him. And in verse 7 of 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, and 7 she comes to him and tells the man of God and he says to her, good, now go, sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Do you know what? So often... So here is a working of miracles. I'm, I'm sure you agree with me. This is a working of miracles. And, and, but so often God does a, gives us a breakthrough. He does things for us. And we still sit around waiting for him and thinking, okay, well, well, what next, God? But you know what? She had to go and do something. Take the oil that he's given you and go and sell it so that you'll have enough and, and you and your sons live on the rest. God, God makes a way for us and we've got to become aware of his working in our lives. You know, one of the wonderful, wonderful things of God is that he never, he, he doesn't parade himself. Most of his miracles are not spectacular. In fact, you, it, it, it's normally days or weeks later that you realize, man, that, that ache that just wouldn't go away has finally gone or that skin condition or whatever it was you know and you realize my word god has done this mm -hmm. but he didn't do it with the, with the sound of a trumpet so be aware of what god is doing in your life and and what he wants you to do how you are to react and to respond to what he's done for you um two kings uh six verses five to seven we won't read it because we're running out of time but um some fantastic, another fantastic scripture there where the axe head falls into the water and there's that world, world famous uh, cry from the man and he says, alas master, for it was borrowed. <laughs> alas master, I love that. The axe head was borrowed and the man of God says to him, cut a stick and throw it into the water and as he does it, the axe head, that, that, that metal axe head is made to float. He says to him, go and fetch it out. We see it throughout the Gospels. We see, we see the gift of miracles working through our Lord in the, the loaves and the fish. You know, the, two, the, the, the five loaves and the two fish and those thousands of people go and feed them. We see it when, when he is uh, quietening the storm. The, the, the storm is raging and he stands up and he speaks to the storm. It's the working of miracles. And we get it in the, in the New Testament. We, we run 30 minutes already and I'm going to try and just complete the next the rest of this in the next five minutes so stay with me okay because i think it's really good to to see what the working of miracles looks like from the old testament and particularly i love to see it in the life of our lord but but um 
Let's see in the New Testament as well, you know. Um, we, live in the, we live in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is the age of the church. And, and let's see it here. And because sometimes, you know, the, 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 the working of miracles can have some uncommon or unexpected results. Um, it's not always what you expect, right? So if we looked at Acts 13, verse 4 to 12, um, we see how the, the, wor the, the, the working of miracles is used to confirm the preaching of the word of God. And, um, and in here, we see an account, and I'm just going to have to just, just paraphrase it to you, but Paul has gone to the island of, of Paphos, and there's this false prophet there called Bar-Jesus, who's also known as, as Eliamus, the sorcerer. And there's also a proconsul there, this, this, this intelligent man who's the proconsul. He's one of the leaders of, of the island. And this guy calls for Barnabas and Saul, and he, he wants to hear about the word of God. But, but Eliamus is, is, is trying to, to stop him. He's trying to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And in verse 9, Saul, who's called Paul, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, Verse 10. Now listen to this. Sandy spoke um, last week, I think it was, about the discernment of spirits. Bear this in my mind while I read this. Uh, Paul looks at him and says, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? There's a discerning of spirits in operation right there through the Apostle Paul. He says, And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. I'm telling you what, we all want the hand of the Lord upon us, but not like this. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. And he says, And now the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, and not see the sun, sun for a time. And immediately this dark mist falls on the guy, and he is blinded. And he goes around looking for someone to lead and guide him. But, but... The proconsul, he gets saved. He sees this amazing stuff. He hears the preaching of the gospel. And it says that he believes, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. You see, when the proconsul believed, sorry, verse 12. Apologies, I'm rushing and I don't want to. Listen to this. Listen to this, it's important. In verse 12, Acts 13, verse 12. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had done, he saw what was done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. It was, although he saw, it, 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 it gave him faith, but it was at the teaching. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to hear the gospel of good. You know, it's not good enough for people just to see that love in your eyes. They've got to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've got to know that they are saved by the grace of God that he paid the price. So, the working of miracles, also to carry out, carry out divine judgment. We could look at Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, when, when, when they lied to the Holy Spirit, boom, boom, they both died. They both died. Now, I think they were both believers um, because they were in the church. They had sold land and given half of the money to the disciples, but lied to them saying, we've given all the money. And judgment came and their mortal bodies, mortal lives were cut short. But I think they were saved. It doesn't, uh, I, I, so because I think they were believers. What I'm trying to say is this, is that it doesn't mean that, 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 that they, were, uh, um, they lost their salvation. But there, but, there, but there is a consequence to our sin. And sometimes the consequence to our sin could be that our lives are cut short. And, but, you know, do you remember the, in, in, in Corinth as well, there was a guy that was uh, having a relationship with his, with his father's wife. 
And Paul said, hand him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, for the salvation of his soul. Sometimes the flesh will be destroyed for the salvation of the soul. So God will use the working of miracles to carry out divine judgment. Why? Because he cares. Because he cares. He cares for his church and that includes each and every individual. Even the ones that are in the wrong. He cares for them. He doesn't want them to get so backslidden that they walk away from their faith altogether and walk away from him. All right. So, are the working of miracles still for today? You betcha. Acts 5, we see that through the apostles, many signs and wonders were done through them. It doesn't say miracles, but signs and wonders were done through the hands of the apostles. I believe that was miracles. In Acts chapter 8, we see through the evangelist uh, Philip that the multitudes in, in Acts 8, 6, that is, that the people hearing and seeing the miracles that he did, many came to the faith. So they heard and saw the miracles he did. Um, and Stephen, the, 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 that first Christian martyr uh, in Acts chapter 6. And Stephen was only what we would classify today as the ministry of helps. He, he was waiting on tables. But he was a man full of faith and power. And he did great wonders and miracles, the King James Version says. Great wonders and miracles among the people. So church, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for today. Let us earnestly desire them as Paul encourages us in verse 31 of, of 1 Corinthians 12. Let us earnestly desire them, not, not for any wrong motive, but, but let's desire to see them in action in our church for the sake of, of our brothers and our sisters who are either ill or, or, or going through things. Let's see the gifts of the Spirit come to deliver that people would, would see the signs and the wonders and believe and get saved and all the wonderful things that God has for us. So <clears throat> keep believing, keep meditating on the word of God, keep seeking God and watch, watch what he is about to do. God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of your Easter and um, we will catch up next week. God bless.